As this is a communion service, I just want us to be thankful. And it's easy to think of things to be thankful from this passage. Not only has the Lord saved us, but he's given us two massive gifts in this passage. He's given us a lot more, but there's two whoppers in here. He's given us the ability to pray, and he's given us the ability to have godly love, upwards, everlasting, godly love. And according to this passage, nobody can experience prayer or godly love unless they have Jesus. That's quite offensive, isn't it? So I hope that that changes for you today if you don't have Jesus. I was in a church the other day. No, I was watching a church the other day online, and they prayed this prayer. Lord, save us from ourselves. Amen. And I thought, that's a great prayer, because it means this. Those Christians believe that it's better if our lives are going upwards and not inwards. And if we pray up and want to honor God and not ourselves. We want to obey you and not me. We just trust. We have such a high view of you. Lord, save us from ourselves. And all that is in John chapter 14. Praying properly and godly love and obedience. Let me take you back to 2014. A baby is being, and I did check, a baby is being born in Heath Hospital. A wife has been squeezing her husband's hand. But you'll be pleased to know that the husband isn't in pain anymore because the baby's been born and his hand is all right. And what's the first thing the baby does after being born? The baby cried. He's just run out there and gone up to Sunday school or junior church. He cries. That's what the Bible calls prayer. Help! I'm cold. I'm out of this warm room I was in. I don't know what to do. I'm confused. I'm weak. I think I'm hungry. I'm lost. Here's a question. Was the baby born first or did the baby cry first? It's not a trick question. The baby was born first, unless they can cry in the womb, which spoils this illustration, but we'll shelve that for now. The baby was born first, and then the baby cried. Have you ever prayed? We don't pray as much as we should. But have you ever prayed to our Father in heaven? It's a wonderful gift that we can give thanks for today. And do you know why you prayed? And do you know why it was heard? Well, here's the Christian message for everyone listening this morning. The Lord God saw you at your worst. And he wanted to do something about it. Because you can't come to heaven at your worst. So he sent his wonderful son to become your worst. And get punished for it on the cross. And what happens then is you swap. And you become the best in the eyes of God. Because you're in Jesus. And he sees Jesus, not your sins. At your worst. He started doing this wonderful work to save you. There's nothing that you did. It's all because of his kindness and love. Here's a verse to back that up. It's in John chapter 1. Yet to all who've received God, to those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. 
children not born of natural descent, not because you've got fancy grandparents that you're a Christian, or not because of human decision, because your mum wanted you to be a Christian, or not even because of a husband's will. You're not a Christian because your husband forced you to do it, but you've been born of God. If you're a Christian this morning, it's because God wanted you to be a Christian. And because He saved you, you can never be lost. He did a work. And you know what happens when you become a Christian? You go, help! Be with me this morning. I've got that horrid hospital appointment. Help! And there are Christians around the country. Well, not this country so much. Other countries going, help, I'm hungry. And I'm lost. And I'm being persecuted. Help! And we say help because we're born again. And we trust you more than we trust ourselves. So here's a question. How do I pray? If we're celebrating the gift of prayer and godly love this morning, how do I pray? Well, the Bible says, pray all the time. In school, in bed, when you wake up in the morning, in the hospital appointment, on the football pitch, pray. Pray anything that's on your heart. That's what the Bible says. The Bible also says this. It gets quite specific about prayer. It says, pray all those things, but there's an umbrella of which you should be praying under. A sort of emphasis that a Christian has every time he calls out to God. And it's very liberating when we understand what that umbrella is that we sort of operate under as we shout out, help! There's an emphasis in John 14 about prayer. And if we get this right, people in this area will be saved. Jesus promises it. In John chapter 14, Jesus models what proper godly prayer and living and love looks like. I'm going to reread verse 12. See if you can get the emphasis and the umbrella. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Jesus himself reminds his followers that there's this emphasis of looking forward to being with the Father. Here's verse 13. You ready? And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You get in the theme coming through of godly prayer and godly life that we've been saved to be part of. Jesus says, you could ask anything in my name, but there's this umbrella that we should be wanting the glory of God the Father in everything that we ask, in all the money that we spend, in all the decisions that we make. Father, help me to glorify you. So I just want to pause here. Sometimes we cry out for things that in the end will only glorify ourselves. And it's to those prayers the Father will say, no, it's no good for you. That's what the world does. You're supposed to be different. You'll be on a higher plane. You're supposed to come out from that stuff and live for a better cause than yourselves. Here's a type of prayer request that came my way this week. Dad, can I have chocolate ice cream for breakfast every single day? 
I said, no. Why, Dad? Because I love you. You'll understand more about that later. Also, my honor and my name will be tarnished. I'll be known as the worst dad ever, and nobody will want to get to know me. Here's an egg instead, or an apple. But verse 14 says, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. But now we start to understand what that means because of the verses around it. Lord, please give me a Ferrari so I can show off to my friends. May not always be to the glory of God the Father. So note the umbrella here. The prayer life comes from this package of being upwards. Here's verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. So today we remember the gifts of godly love and prayer. And often our prayers should include this more. Lord, help me to obey you more. Help! I don't trust enough that living for you is for my good and for the good of my neighbors. Help me to love you more. And it says here he's commanded you all to be like that. To pray and to obey him. Elsewhere, he commands over 200 times the Lord Jesus Christ on things for us to obey. Here he's saying, if you love me, pray and do what I say. Do it. He's saying, have some backbone in your life. Pray and obey me. Christians are supposed to have soul, grit. They're supposed to obey this book. That's why I've put them in the world, so that other people can live the heavenly life. Stop getting caught up in the world's desires. Pray and obey me. Obey me. I've saved you to have soul, backbone, godly love. My prayers are often, Lord, I'm not going to do anything you say ever, but please give me everything that I want. Is that your prayer life? It's often mine. You're supposed to have soul in and around your prayers. Backbone. My friend, he's got a church. It's not his church. It's the Lord Jesus' church, but he's the preacher in it. And um, a sex club was set up next door to the church. And two of the workers, or two of the pimps came in to a service. And he was preaching against sexual sin. Next week, they came back with a gang of 40 people to beat the preacher up. Do you know what he was preaching on? Because he was doing a series on it. Sexual sin. And he preached it again. And they were getting angry and angry. But then the ringleader stood up at the end of the service and he said, You know what? I like this preacher. He's got soul. He believes something. He's not giving up. He stands on his word, not on his word, sorry, on this word. Jesus says, if you love me, in this world that hates my word, you'll obey my commandments. It's godly love, that's what I've saved you for. And you should be thankful for that, because I've snatched you out of passing transitory rubbish. You live for me. Can I ask a question? Have you got soul? That's what John 14 is the challenge. Or do they say of us years ago they lost their soul? 
They lost their spirit. Did you used to have soul? Did you let the world in? Did you used to read the Bible and obey it as best as you can? And then the world crept in and we've lost something. The Christian is supposed to be like those annoying spiders that you just can't get rid of. They just keep popping up with their book. We can't get rid of them in this area. They just believe it. So we pray today, perhaps for the first time, Lord, help me to obey you more because I just don't trust you when you ask me to do it. I keep buying into the world's ideas of happiness. Lord, deliver me from my self. If you're not a Christian, welcome. You're probably now thinking, what a load of rubbish. Why would I pray for anything that would gratify somebody else? I'm all I've got. I don't want an egg for breakfast. I want ice cream. How do I change if that's me? Well, the answer is this. When we become Christians, God gives us a person to help change our affections and to see things that we never saw before. And so I'm just going to read verses 15 to 18. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper or counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Dear friends, there are people in this room that God is actually with. And there's nothing better. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Romans 8. It's by God's Spirit that we cry, Abba, Father, you're in me. And I need you. I meet lots of non-Christians really miffed with God. They say, I asked him for something and he said no. The answer to that is, God is not a divine vending machine to help you carry on living a godless life. The message to any non-Christian listening this morning is this. Lower your head before the divine Lord. Repent and receive his life and spirit. Stop living in his world and pretending like he's not there. And he says, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. Come, hear me and I will eat meals with you and you with me. And here's why all this will help the community as we come to the communion table. Because people who pray and live for the world which is never going to end the world to come, and who live in that light now. Do you know why they're so precious? Because the world needs somebody to live for something which doesn't die away after a few weeks and months. How many humans waste their lives and their eternal souls? We have a bad habit of chasing empty, distracting, dangerous things which destroy us. Jim Carrey said, I wish everybody could become rich and famous so you can see how empty it is. But no one really listens to him. Matt Damon said, 
I'm so glad I won an Oscar early on in my career because some of my co-workers have been chasing it their whole lives and it's tragic because it doesn't bring you joy. But a Christian can have no money, no fame, no Oscar, no wealth, and no health, and still say, I am utterly valued and at peace because I am with God and He is with me because my life is upward and shall forever be. Some people waste their whole lives on football. How utterly and instantly forgettable and horribly boring. Selling ourselves short to live for passing rubbish. And I like football, and I hope you become a professional footballer, but that you love God. Some of you are past that opportunity, by the way. The world needs to know that even if I'm in night time, God has still got me. The world needs to know when the world gets into night time that there's someone in their lives that they know they've been through this and they've been kept through this and I want to know about their God who keeps people in day and in night when all around them is crumbling. There's something about them. They've got soul. They're upwards. Some of us, our teeth are in bad shape. Some of us, our hair is in bad shape. An older friend of mine, he had a hernia for four years. Someone asked him, when are you going to get that fixed? He said, oh, they can do it on my autopsy. I'm just crumbling away. I can't be, I keep patching everything up. They can do that one later. We're all declining. Our memory fades. But we can say, my soul is in good shape. I'm part of a group of people that doesn't value those things too much. I've got godly love and godly praise. I'm part of something exciting that lasts forever. Most clearly displayed in the cross, that night time of my Lord Jesus, but then the resurrection of light. I'm all in with Him. And so to close, I just want to reread the most mind-blowing verse in all of John chapter 14 so you can give thanks that you can pray and that you're part of a world that lasts forever but also you can start telling other people to join it too. Here's the most mind-blowing verse in John 14. I tell you the truth. This is verse 12. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to be with the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ says, whoever believes in me, so that's you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, will do greater works than me. The young people will go, because that's what they do in school. Mind blown. Praying churches will do greater works than Jesus. Well, what does that mean as we close? You're going to walk on water across, across Roth Park this afternoon? Actually, if it was better, you'd fly over. Because he's done the walking, so you can do the flight. Does he mean that? Uh, probably not. He fed 5,000 with um, five loaves and two fish. Could you do it with one? Because you're going to do it better? I don't think he means that either. Here's what I think it means. Here's a question. On earth, did Jesus physically see the gospel go 
to King Coid and Flanishan and Cates and Roth and Pentwin and Heath? Did he physically see that when he was on earth? The answer to that, it's not a trick question, is no. Do his followers? The answer to that is they certainly can. Here's the end of John. So Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I now also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And do you know what I get excited about? The latter half of this year, we can see souls saved and join the life of prayer and godly love and obedience which doesn't fade away like health and wealth. You can go to King Coyd and find someone and say, do you know the king is looking for you? And they'll say, Charles? And you'll say, better. Jesus is looking for you. And he sent me to tell you. And some people will get saved. And one minute before they met you, they were going to hell. But one minute after meeting you, something just took hold of them. And now they know for sure when they breathe their last, they will be walking the streets of heaven forever. And you can be part of that. I sometimes get emails from people saying, I was saved when you preached. There's nothing better. I'd rather that than a Ferrari. Sometimes a young person will share with me, that thing you said in that talk or when we went on a trip somewhere, you said about Jesus. I tell you, something changed in my life forever. And to hear a teenager say this, I was never picked for sport at school. They always left me out. Or an older person say, I was always left out for promotion in work. But I've been picked by the King of Kings. He came looking for me. And he used you. Tell you what, there's nothing better for a human being. So I have a dream that people will bump into Park End Church members and be invited to church and learn about the glories of prayer and the Father and why we obey this book and salvation that goes on forever and ever in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.